The new topic that the Lord would have us discuss over the next few Sundays is an instruction, and it is take the limits off. Can somebody say that? Yes. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. All right. And what a time. You're going to have a ball, man. In God's word, this week, next week, and I'm just praying. I'm praying for you as much as I'm praying for myself. That we won't go through these things and we will still have those limits there. All right? We won't go through these things. We won't unveil this much revelation from his word and anything will hold us down. And by the anointing of his spirit, for as many connected, all right, everything that has limited you and has kept you down, kept you checkered, kept you under a ceiling, it is my prayer in the mighty name of Jesus that all such limitations are broken in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it like you believe it. Glory to God. Okay, let's go to our anchor scripture over the next three weeks. Our anchor scripture over the next three weeks. This is uh, where we are going to start over the next three weeks. Psalm 78 verse 41. Psalms 78 verse 41. Take the limits off. And just to give this some context, let's read this and then we'll read from verse 35 to 42. All right, it says, yes. Again and again, they tempted God. This is talking about God's children, the people of Israel. Now, just to give some context, Psalm 78 is a lengthy psalm. It's an interesting psalm. One I will encourage you outside of the service time to take a minute just to read it. It has about seven, over 70 verses. I believe 72 verses. So we are picking it from 41. There is a, there is a thought before that. All right, and this is not one of the Psalms of David. This is actually a Psalm of Asaph. All right, so just tiny details here and there going into studying this for yourself. So there's a lot of context before this. Uh, let's read our anchor text. Then we'll pick it from 35 to 42 just to see the full picture of the thought um, surrounding this. He's saying, yes, again and again, they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. He says, again and again, they tempted God. Again and again, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Praise God. I believe you can hear me. I'm going to read it one more time. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. This is, this is, this is, this is a puzzling thought and a puzzling scripture that mere mortals made creator, cre, cre, creatures, not the creator, all right, that, 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 that these people can limit the, the all-powerful God who created the universe. How exactly can we limit, all right? If you read it in other versions, if you read it in other translations, it, it, it suggests to you what this limit is. Another version says they provoked Another version says they brought him great pain, great pain, all right? So he's saying that this limitation, there was something, I want you to, to get this right from the beginning. He's saying there was something on the mind of God. There was something on the agenda of God for a season and for a people. However, God's people did not align 
with the plan and the timing of that agenda. And it caused, it caused pain in the heart of the Father that see how much I want you to in this season. See how much prophecy has gone out concerning my children. See how much has gone out concerning the time that they are living in. Look at the accuracy of, of the precision of prophecy that has gone ahead of them. That in this time and in this season, but we are, we are, we, we are yearning for expression. We are looking for vessels that will align with the mind of the Father and say, Father, I discern this is your will in this season. Not people who will limit and cause great pain and provoke the Father. It is my prayer once again that every ceiling, everything as an embargo, everything that has like a cap, it has put a cap on the extent of the manifestation of God's glory in your life that all such limits are taken off in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm, I need you to say believe in amen. I need you to say believe in amen. I said those limits, those caps, those ceilings, they are broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. Let's go to verse 35. I, I, I know it's a lengthy psalm and the, 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 the thought stream is long, so we are not going to attempt to unravel it, but let's just speak it from here. It says, then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth, and they lied to him with their tongue. That's talking about false worship. Hmm. For their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, he forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. He says, for he remembered they were, that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. It's 40. It says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Where we are focusing on over the next three weeks, again and again they tempted God. They limited the only one of Israel. Verse 42, they did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from the enemy. They did not remember his power. The day he redeemed them from the enemy. It is my prayer for you that you will not limit God. You will not put a cap on all he is set to do in this season. God's power, possibilities by the Spirit, limitless. All right, with our faith, we draw, we pull, we activate, we bring realities in our world. It is my prayer that your generation will hear your voice and will give God the glory. Someone in here that I said, your generation will hear your voice. Everything, God's plan in destiny to use you as a vessel to his glory, that plan will not be shortchanged. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. Our second anchor scripture 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read from verse 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. It says that for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Somebody say pulling down strongholds. All right. So he's giving us an idea of these strongholds. It says we are casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we are bringing every thought into captivity. Everything that has limited us, we are bringing it into captivity. We are bringing it under the obedience of Christ. Praise God. I said, praise God. Now, why are we talking about taking the limits off? Why exactly are we taking the limits off? Mm. 
The first thing I want to say to you this morning, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm praying that the Spirit of God will open your heart to receive this word, to receive this word. And please, if you find yourself fighting anything that is being said this morning, all right, remember what we learned um, in the last series. Is it the will of the Father? Is it by the leading of the Spirit? Can we find it confirmed in his word? All right, bring, bring that practical. Practical, test this. Are these PD's ideas? Is it just trying to sound nice and to motivate us, to encourage us, to make us feel good? All right, you know, people need a feel-good message. People are tired and scared, and it's just preaching tip, tip, rev. People need to feel good and shout. Is that what this is about? No, no, absolutely. This is God's will for you in this season. This is his word for you. He's saying that there are limits and you will take them up. By his spirit, by his power, he's supplying you with the grace to make the necessary adjustments. Praise God. Praise God. Now, as a way of introduction, as a way of introduction, as far as the practical life, I need you to get this. As far as our day-to-day -day practical experience is concerned, I need you to understand this. As far as our practical, I'm talking of the, the, the reality of our lives, the, the, the visible experience, the tangible experience. I'm not talking of, of spiritual blessings in heavenly places right now. As far as your practical reality, as far as your day-to-day -day human experience is concerned, your belief is more powerful than truth. What you believe is more powerful than truth. Now, let me balance that thought. There are some listening. They were not listening before. They just said that now. They've been triggered. Boom. What's he saying? What's he saying? Yeah, I'm going to explain. Now, truth is not a concept. Truth is not an idea. Truth is not an opinion. We know from God's word that truth is a person. Truth is a revelation of God's word. Truth is Christ revealed. Are you still with me? However, your belief, your belief is a ruling principality of thoughts that you have agreed and accepted to be your reality. Now, you hear people say things like, this is my truth. This is my truth. What they are saying is that on the altar of my heart, where truth, the Christ, shall sit, I have placed my belief systems there. So this is my truth. It might not be the truth. It might not even be a truth. It might not even be true any other place. But this is what I have chosen to believe. Now, hear me out. What you have chosen to believe, no matter how illogical or untruthful it is, that is what dictates your primary day-to-day -day practical experience. Now, why are we saying this? There are believers today who somewhere in their heart agree that God heals. But the belief that they have is that all these pastors are liars. So, once they see the supernatural, they just explain it away. The drug worked. The drug worked. Once they hear the testimony, is IVF. It's in vitro fertilization. All right. It's IVF. As if it's every IVF case that works. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe testimonies should give full disclosure. It's not as if we are hiding some details to make God more glorified. No. Say, your, say, say exactly what happened. Let God get the glory for what he did. Are you with me? But the belief, the belief there 
is that if this is what you've chosen to believe, and it's amazing, you hear Christians, Christians having discussions, and nobody's even checking what does the word say, what is the truth. You hear someone say, oh, well, well, I believe, it is my belief that the woman belongs to the kitchen. Spirit-filled tongue-talking. Now, that is not the truth speaking. That is patriarchy speaking. That is culture ingrained speaking there. This person is born again, yes. He's spirit-filled, yes. But he's going to give his wife a problem. And they will come to the church. Pastor will pray. Pastor has to pray. That's pastor's duty. However, there is a thought, limiting belief there that needs to be broken. It needs to be broken because on the altar of their heart, their truth there is not the truth. They have put a lie on the throne of their hearts. And that's what they've chosen to believe. And that is what dictates their experience. Their practical experience. Oh, God is a way maker. God provides. God provides. God makes wealthy. He makes the rich. PT has declared that God is raising champions in this season. Over the next five years, God told us he's raising 50 million years. There will be kingdom financiers from amongst us. Yes. And somebody there is saying, well, I, I know rich people, their hand is not pure. It's never pure. It's just never pure. All right? And that's the belief that sits on the throne of their hearts. What they've said is that automatically, they might say the loudest amen in church, but they have limited themselves and excluded themselves. Are you getting what we're talking about this morning? All right? And we are pulling all those limits down. Let me tell you, this is going to require you to cooperate with the Spirit of God to break some things you've held on to for so long. You've held on to for so long. There are still Christians today. You enter into a room that you've not been in a long time and you see cobwebs. Instead of you to get a broom and sweep the cobwebs, you see them pleading the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Oh, cobweb means, cobweb means, cobweb means. And you put on the throne of your heart a fact that you've picked from wherever you've picked it from and you've not insisted on God's word, which is the truth, and she'll tell you where you are seated, whether you should be scared of cobwebs or cobwebs should be scared of you. I said, glory to God. Glory to God. There are still Christians. They don't whistle at night. Superstitions from years. Superstitions. If I whistle, it's going to bring, it's going to, it's going to bring a snake. Uh, some people say, no, there are some foods you should not eat. Don't eat or crow. Don't eat or crow. Child of God, don't eat or crow. So if you eat or crow, it will draw. Your, your destiny will be drawing. It will be drawing. Some people are like, oh, I'm just hearing this for the first time. Yes, I might, I might not mention your own, but your idea of this is that, 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 that throne of our heart, everything sitting there, we are getting it out of the way, and the truth is sitting on the throne of our heart that whatever God's word says is possible, then that is what we believe is possible. If God's word says healing is possible, then we believe healing is possible. Our circumstances do not validate God's word. God's word, God's word must sit on the throne of our hearts and then our circumstances will conform to the truth of his word. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. 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 All sorts of ideologies, all sorts of limiting patterns that we've chosen to believe. Um, if, if I get a promotion um, uh, to make me serve God, if I have too much money, Pastor is going to be after me. Everybody will be writing me a letter. 
All right, all sorts of funny beliefs, funny, funny, funny beliefs, even in the church. Some have some crazy beliefs in the church. If the church is too large, if it is a mega church, then it is not the power of God. They've mixed it. They are not teaching the, the real word. Narrow is the gate. Narrow. If it is the real word, not too many. Hey, 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 hey. Stop that. All such funny traditions and funny things that are, let me tell you, this is what is limiting many's experience. It's not the anointing. The power is there. The anointing is intact. The prophecies are accurate. But there is someone was limited, the God of Israel, the only one of Israel. It is my prayer that as those limits are lifted up, you will blossom. The fullness of your destiny will come forth in the mighty name of Jesus. And the courage to break every marriage revived with unproductive belief systems that have become so difficult to break because we've, we've, we've defended them for so long. We've argued in their defense for so long. The grace and the power to break free from such old is released unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said in the mighty name of Jesus. There are some pastors that believe that if you, ray, if you lay hands on someone and the person falls, then it has to be jazz. Whoever is doing that, they are using something. And then you don't see it in your ministry because you have despised it. You have despised it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everybody out there is all pure. All right. But I'm saying that they are still pure ones. All right. And you should be proof that it's still pure. You should be God's example. Now, in this season, there are those who have not bowed down to the altar of bow and who are still doing exploits by his spirit. Come on now. Now, limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs. We are taking the limits off in the mighty name of Jesus. How exactly, how exactly do we break away from these things that seem to dictate that nobody goes beyond this level? Nobody goes beyond this level. Nobody goes beyond this level. Nobody. And you find people, they have a theology for their, for, for, for their, for their funny beliefs. They will look for a scripture. They will say, my Lord Jesus rode on a donkey. You never need to drive a particular type of car. That is the voice of poverty speaking. That is the voice of poverty speaking. That is the voice. Hey, you better silence it. If not, you will not enter into the fullness of what God has for you. You will not. See, see, especially when you have a sophisticated, educated mind, do not allow it to work to your, uh, to your disadvantage. When you have an explanation for anything. You know, I watched a, a, a particular medical um, series back in the days. I think it's still, it's still on there. All right. It's about a doctor who, you know, no matter how complex the medical case is, he's going to crack it. And in one of the episodes, some of you know the show I'm talking about. In one of the episodes, there was a boy who was admitted to the hospital who was supposed to be a Christian evangelist. And then he was a patient in the hospital, and he was praying for some people in the hospital. And those people were getting healed and getting discharged, but the, the doctors didn't have his own diagnosis. And then the whole idea of the episode was they figured out his diagnosis and proved that he had a virus that was attacking the tumors in those that he was praying. The whole summary is that he didn't do any healing. That was just the summary of the episode, that divine healing is, is explainable. We can, you know, explain. <laughs> it is my prayer that signs that are indisputable, all right, miracles that are inexplicable, God will bring them your way. As you remove those doubts, as you remove those limiting beliefs, as you remove those patterns, those, those strongholds of the mind uh, that have put a cap on the extent to which we can manifest glory, all such limits are broken 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout wherever you are. Take the limits off. Praise God. Praise God. I think today, because of our time, let's just look at three ways. Three ways, three activities that God wants us to be invested in, in this season, to break all such limits, to break them, to break them. Number one, number one is see yourself the way God sees you. See yourself the way God sees you. One of the ways we break out from limiting thresholds, the way we break out from limiting patterns, from limiting belief systems, is you have to begin to see yourself the way God sees you. God's truth about you is captured in his word about you. God's truth about you is captured in his word about you. And guess what? The truth of his word doesn't need the confirmation or the agreement of your circumstance for it to be true. Once God says it, it is true. Glory to God. Things are not true because God, God, sorry, pardon me. God doesn't say things because they are true. But things are true because God said them. I'll say that again. God doesn't say things because they are true. But things are true because God says them. The moment God says it, take it as true. I see, that's the attitude of champions. That is the attitude of those who will work wonders by the word. Because this word works. All right, if your attitude has to be made, God said it. God said it, it is true. God said it, it is true. Ah, in a recession, in a famine, God's children sowed, they ripped, they ripped on multiple folds, they became great in a recession. Therefore, in this pandemic, it is possible that God's people are rising in this same pandemic. Therefore, I choose to believe God's word. I choose to believe God's word. You see yourself the way God sees you. Judges chapter 6, let's read from verse 12 to 17. We are not going to break this down. There's a lot of wonderful gems here of how we could break this down and how the Midianites, you know, embarrassed and humiliated God's children. How you could find a man, all right, threshing wheat near a, a wine press. It was severe shame and embarrassment. It was a difficult moment just so that you will not be seen, just so that your little, your little take home will not be stolen from you. It was threshing wheat at a wine press, at a place. Let's just leave that for now. All right? Terrible, terrible situation. And this was a man named Gideon. A man named Gideon who was in his mind processing. All these things they said God can do. All these things pastor said, it is still our year of shining. Our general overseer said, we will arise, we will shine, our light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. But then coronavirus showed up. And they are trying to put in coronavirus into God's plan. Whereas you are supposed to show coronavirus who the boss is here. And you are going to say, no, 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 my year 2020, hear ye the word of the Lord. This is God's word concerning me towards you that in this year I experience unlimited greatness. Whether there's a virus, whether there's no virus, whether there's mass layoffs or there's no mass layoffs, whether I just lost my job, whether I just got a new job, it doesn't matter what my reality is at the moment. The truth is the truth. And that is God's word concerning me. Come on. Any champions in the house this morning? The truth of our lives is the truth of God's word. Let me tell you the real definition of a champion. Where your belief is completely God's word, then you know you're a champion. Not something your mother told you, something, you know, I just personally believe this. I personally, and they're beating their chest. Just that arrogance of we've validated this over the years. 
How can you tell me? Put this Bible aside. No. In, in fact, as a matter of personal policy, if you ever tell me to put the word of God aside, I might not tell you, but that's the last. Let's move, let's move on. Let's just move on. All right, Judges, Judges chapter 6 from verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is to Gideon. And said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. All right, I wish we had that meme all right on screen. And he's just like, say what? What? Mighty what? Mighty man of valor hiding in a wine press trying to trash wheat. You must be kidding me. You say it's my year of shining and I can't even qualify for a stimulus package. No, you, 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 you must be kidding me. You're saying, God, you want to use this voice? You want to use this voice and speak to the nations when I can't even stand looking at myself in the mirror? You must be kidding me. God, you're telling me that I'm going to open up. I know you've healed me. I know you've cured me from the abuse. But you're saying I'm going to get up in front of a camera and I'm going to tell people that there is a God that heals victims of abuse. You say, God, no. This is in my cupboard. He's hiding dirty the day I die. Nobody is hearing this. And God is saying, no, no, no. Out of your mess, I have a message for someone. I am saying, God, fix me up. Fix me up before you use me. God is saying, no, I need the scars. Come on now. I need the scars and I need you to come out, you know. That is part of your beauty package. That men will see that these are the sort of vessels I use. Let me tell you, some of us have a picture in our mind of the kind of person God should use. He's a man wearing tie and a suit. I think I should have one t-shirt for today, Simon. Is a lady, you know, who is wearing a scarf or a hat, and her hat is picking signals, you know, and it's, it's just long, and she's wearing it, and she's sanctimonious. These are the kind of people God will use, you know, people that say, bless you, bless you. Hey, come on now, come on now. We don't tell him who he uses. We don't choose who he uses. God is raising unlikely generals in his army. Did you hear that? He's raising unlikely generals, and he's empowering them with his, with his spirit. And they are doing exploits in the season. Come on, tap your neighbor wherever you are. Say, come on, join this army. Join this army. It's a movement. Glory to God. Glory to God. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all these miracles which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. He's delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. That the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might. <laughs> go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? And that's the word for someone here. Have I not called you? If I've called you, if I've called you, go. If I've called you, go. Now I'm looking straight into the camera now. This is the voice of, this is the the voice of God echoing to someone under the voice, sound of my voice. He says, I've called you. Go. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? I've heard your excuses. Go. I've heard your excuses. Go. So he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my father's house. I don't, I don't even have a job now, God. If you want me to serve you, then sort me out. Sort me out. Let me get that job. Let me get that job. Let me get that approval. All right, let me get that breakthrough first. The Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. As one man. Verse 17. Verse 17. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor on your side, then show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. Praise God. What a guy. What a man. But it's, it's very easy for us to point at Gideon, not knowing that we are the modern day Gideons. 
We are the ones that have a calling, a destiny upon our lives. And everyone is saying, it's time, it's time, it's time. And like, God, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Check this box. Check that box. And God is saying, okay, in my mercy, I'm going to be patient. Just check this box. Some of us secretly, we are not buying time. We are discouraging God. We want him to choose someone else. Guess what? He's chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen you. Ah, this message is pricking someone in the heart. God is not going to choose someone else. I know you've submitted your list of recommendations list of people that are better than me for the job. Brother Q, Sister M, God is saying, no, trash that list. I'm using you. I've called you. I've ordained you as a voice to your generation. Get up, dear child of God, and arise to the fullness of your destiny. It is my prayer once again for you that all such limits that have limited you, whether it is your thoughts, whether it is your doubts, whether it is the background of your father's house, whether it is the background of your mother's house, whether it is the reality of your economy, whether it is the severe oppression of the enemy that has pushed you to a place of shame, to a place of embarrassment, where your voice cannot even be heard, where your thoughts do not even matter. A place, a place, a place, a place of smallness, a place of, of low debar, a place where you've been forgotten, a place where you've been neglected. By His Spirit is bringing you forward and is placing you in front. In the mighty name of Jesus, that was for somebody. That was for somebody. Glory to God. Exodus chapter 3. See yourself the way God sees you. See yourself the way God sees you. Exodus chapter 3. Verse 11 and verse 12. Now, this is a lengthy... You have to remember, when the Bible was written, it wasn't written in, in chapters and verses. All right? So, this is a lengthy conversation that flows all through the 22 verses of Exodus chapter 3 and spills into Exodus chapter 4. This is God literally placing a demand on the destiny of Moses. This is God placing a demand on the destiny of Moses. Exodus 3, verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Isn't that an amazing confirmation? God is saying, I am raising you up. I am sending you back to the place I pulled you out from. This is a prophetic word for someone. The very same place I pulled you out from, I am sending you back there. Not this time to just go roll in the mud. He says, but to be a deliverer. He's saying proof of that is that this place, this mountain, you worship me here. Under normal circumstances, ah, not only has this call been successful, God is verifying that I will go I will make success there. I will bring his people out in this place you worship. All right. All right. Guess what happens next? Moses finds another excuse. Then he finds another excuse. Then he finds another excuse. Then he brings up another point. And God continues. God says, I'll be with you. God basically gives him a lowdown of everything that is going to happen. He says, I know they're not going to want to come out easily. He says, I'm going to show mighty signs and wonders. And even my people will come out with great, with great, with great, with great, with plenty. They will come out. All these sure words, sure words, all through to the end of chapter 3, all through to the beginning of chapter 4. So let's see chapter 4, verse 10. Let's see chapter 4, verse 10. This same conversation. Chapter 4, verse 10. Moses here is trying to, is basically saying, God, find someone else. And there's someone under the sound of my voice here. You've basically told God, you know what, God? Find someone else. Use someone else. Use someone else. Not me, not me, not me. By the time we are done here, 
Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to me, your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And there's someone under the sound of my voice. They're saying, God, not my accent. You can't send me to these people where I'm speaking and they're saying, pardon? And I'm speaking, excuse me, what did you say? And you're just already, you, you already feel demoralized. Hey, see, come on. The power God is bringing upon your life, your accent will not even count. Your accent will not even matter. The world is hungry for his glory. What they want to see is his beauty, his glory, his power manifested in your life, not your accent. Of what good is great accent and no power? No change in your world and you're speaking Enticing words of man's wisdom. Enough. That's done. That's done. You will arise. You will arise. And your world will hear your voice. In the mighty name of Jesus. Through you, the power of heaven will be, will be brandished. Will be lavished. It will be on display. For the world to know and to see that there is a God in heaven. And he rules in the affairs of men. I said, glory to God. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Hmm. He says, I can't speak. God is saying, I created the mouth. Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? I have not I, the Lord. I don't know if you see what's going on here. I don't know if you see what's going on here. The, the, the manufacturer of Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz says, I need you to drive this car and go to position X. And you say, well, my, 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 my Benz, the ignition doesn't work really, really well. And the navigation system is a bit faulty. I think the brake oil also has some oil. And the guy, he says, do you know what you're speaking to? Do you know, we, we, we make these things here. We can get you the latest version. We can get you, essentially, the 2020 version. And just wait. All you need to do is place a demand. The next thing Moses should have said, yes, is, oh, God, thank you because I am now eloquent. Now I can speak boldly in the presence of Pharaoh. Moses said, no, I can't talk. God says, I created him out. Moses said, find somebody else. God said, okay. That I will not use you, you are joking. But that's your speech condition. We'll find you a solution. We'll bring an errand. For those, remember how I said on Wednesday, for those who have the ear of the Spirit, this was what necessitated the priestly order under Aaron. was a refusal to activate the miraculous. Let's, 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 not, let's not go that direction this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. You are here listening to me this morning. You literally have in your mind reasons why God should not use you or Reasons why God should not use you now. You're like saying, God, I need to figure myself out. I need to sort out my life. I need to know what I'm doing. I can't, I can't stand in front of the crowd. God, you know I'm shy. God, you know I'm an introvert. God, you know, um, under, under the lights, you know, the spotlight, everything shows. They're going to see my, my, my freckles and the spots on my face. Uh, I don't want anybody. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but sometimes you hear your own voice and you're like, who is that? All right, you want to delete it. You see yourself in front of the mirror. Is this what these people are seeing? Is this what they are hearing? Or, and God is saying, no, no, no. You are placing too much importance on your words. You are placing too much importance on your looks. All I am looking for is a vessel yielded that my power can flow through. Through your words, through you, all right? But it's his power. It's his glory flowing through you, all right? It is my prayer that your, your, your fight, all of your excuses, you will lay them at his altar. And you will pick up his grace and his power. And you will arise a champion. In the mighty name of Jesus. So quick assignment for you. 
quick assignment for you. Everyone under the sound of my voice, quick assignment for you. I know, especially for members of KICC here in Toronto, I know for many of you, and I'm looking you eyeball to eyeball, and you know you are the one PD is talking about, yes. I know there is a call of God upon your life. I know there is a special destiny. I'm not talking of you being pastor, all right? Some of you, yes, that. But for the rest of you, there's, there's, a, there's a special dimension, all right? There's a beckoning, and you sense it, but you're fighting it. Some of you have stopped your Bible devotion. You feel if you are further away from God, then you will not have that impression of, guess what, is waiting for you. He's waiting for you with arms wide open. He's saying you will open that Bible again. You will pray again. You will get on your knees again. He said all those dents, all those scars that you don't want the world to see. He said those are the very things he wants to use. Those are the very things he wants to use. He wants to take your mess. He wants to package it as a message for the deliverance of many. So you are going to make a list. Of every reason why you are sure God shouldn't use you, or why you are sure God shouldn't use it now. And we are going to fix what Moses should have done. God said, Didn't I make man? What is eloquence to me? What is torturing to me? There's no, at my word. All right. So, what you're going to do, you make a list. All the reasons why you are sure God should not use you. You are too tall, you are too short, you are too big, you are too small, you are too educated, you are not educated, you don't have a bachelor's degree, you don't have Bible school training, you don't have the money, you don't have the team, you don't have the support, your family believes you've taken the wrong decision to serve Jesus, you're the only Christian in your family, all the members of your household are this, alright, you, you were a prostitute in your former life, or you were a pimp in your former life, and you still know people who still think you're a pimp, all those reasons, alright, I need you to aggregate them together, and say, Father, I submit this at your altar, use it for your glory, use it for your glory, Use it for your glory. In that way, all those things have suddenly become powerless. And then you can come out. You can come out with no more fear and no more shame. You can look into the camera and say, for as many of you who just had a miscarriage, guess what? God is a healer. God has settled me. He will settle you. I see the pain. So for as many of you who are dealing with suicide, for as many of you dealing with depression, guess what? I was there, but I am not there. The God who pulled me out is able to pull you out. And I'm here to hold your hands today for you to know you are not in this alone. For as many of you who have been abused, for as many of you who have been raped, it's one of the most hideous things in the world. I have eaten it. My heart has bled for so long. But today, I'm coming out. And I'm saying it boldly that there is a God who heals. It affected me. It affected my development. It affected my relationships. But now, I can say I've been completely healed and there's healing for you. That is you losing the grip of that limit over your life and presenting it to God to use as a vessel for healing. There's some of you, you come out and you look straight into the camera and say, you look at me here. Yeah, I fought with pornography for so long, for so long. But God saved me. Guess what? God delivered me. You don't have to stay there. God can deliver you too. That is you losing the grip and the power of that thing that the enemy wants you to hide under the carpet where it begins to stink and continues to stink and is building a bigger, big, it's growing bigger in its guilt potential. So when you are praying and everybody is saying amen, the enemy is reminding you of that guilt and why you cannot be a partaker of the blessing. Come on, take the limits off. Take the limits off. God is ready to pick it off. Let me tell you, he knows. He knows. No matter how deeply you hide it, he knows. He sees. He sees. And he's saying, come. Don't allow the enemy convince you that God wants you united. No, he doesn't. He sees you. When he's asking, where are you? He's not asking for a geographical location. 
He knows where you are. He's only hoping that you will open. Open up to him and receive his love. Praise God. I said, praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. This is a message for someone. God wants to use that mess. That same reason why you are convincing God, not me, not me, use the other person. He's more righteous, he's more faithful. She's more serious in church. Pastor, how come you don't see this person is anointed? I'm not, I'm not. Don't you say I'm not serious? I don't pay offerings, I don't pay my tithe. All right, I don't even come to church regularly. Leave me alone, pastor. Well, this is not pastor on your case. This is God on your case. And he says, I'm not going to let you go. The prophecy is over you in the past. This is the time for the manifestation. He said he has ordained you as a voice to the nations. It is my prayer that that awakening happens now. It is my prayer that that awakening happens now. In the name of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 1, 4. Who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Let's see it in a newer version. In a newer, in a modern, relatable version. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. All praise to the God and Father of our Master Jesus, the Messiah, Father of all mercy, who God of all healing counsel, he comes alongside us. When we go through hard times, and before you know it, he, let's go on, brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come. Following. Okay, that's the end of five. I think, you know, message agglutinates. Please pardon my big scientific word. Message bound binds these things together. Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that to praise God. So make a list. All the reasons you are sure God shouldn't use you. Make a list. Make a list and say, God, I am submitting this for your glory. I am submitting this for your glory. This face, this is how you will use it. This voice that sounds like clinging cymbals, that is how you will use it. This mind that is all about the place, that is how you will use it. I know you won't leave it the way it is by the time I submit it for your use. This height, that is how you will use it. This body shape, that is how you will use it. This, 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 this earthen vessel, that is how you will fill it with your, with your excellency. He says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency will be of him. Glory to God. So number one, you see yourself the way he sees you. And then what should have been a limiting power becomes a, a, a pedestal. A springboard that launches you into destiny. And that will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Number two, because of our time. Know whose opinion truly matters. Know whose opinion truly matters. The opinion of unimportant stakeholders can potentially limit the extent to which you and I will maximize and fulfill destiny. Listen to me. They might look important, but if you don't know whose opinion really counts in the grand scheme of things, all right, you will pay attention to the opinion and the idea and the conclusion of an inconsequential stakeholder, and you'll make that your experience. And it can limit the extent of your destiny, of your fulfilling and maximizing your potential. The opinion of man is fickle. The opinion of man is unreliable. The opinion of man is deliberately wicked. 
the opinion of humans sometimes it's 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 empty it's 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 limiting sometimes it's just it's just unfair it's wicked it's it's destroying some of you growing up you heard all sorts of words said about you that you cannot amount to anything that you are dull you are the dullest person ever all right some of you literally our teachers say that to you more painfully some of you heard it from parents you will never amount to look at your brother Look at your cousin. Does he have two heads? Praise God. Praise God. Know whose opinion matters. And that's the opinion you should embrace. Let me tell you, in life, there will be many multiple opinions. It is the duty of the mature champion to sieve out the opinion. Bundle everything as feedback. Analyze it. Take the good points. Discard the rest. Only one opinion is really consequential. And that is what God says about you. Glory to God. That is what God says about you. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of, his, of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. His report says, I am a champion. His report says, this is my year of shining. His report says, in the recession, when others are saying there is a casting down, I can say, there is a lifting up. That is what his report says. It is his report. I am holding on to. Beware of opinions. Opinions of opposition. People were out to attack your destiny. At first, it will start as jest. Then it will graduate to ridicule. Then it will graduate to defamation. Then it will graduate to outright attack. All those opinions. Let's go to Nehemiah very quickly. Nehemiah chapter 4, Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 4, Nehemiah chapter 6. Are you being blessed this morning? I believe so. Nehemiah chapter 4, Nehemiah chapter 6. It says, when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. When their enemies said that you are making progress, that others are losing their jobs, you are rejoicing, you are dancing, all right, that you are now manifesting the glory of God, that you are laying hands on people, they are getting filled with the Holy Spirit, that you, the church, is increasing just because you, just one person, caught the fire of evangelism. All right, then they get annoyed, incensed, greatly angry. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are, verse 3? He says, Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, what they are building, even a fox climbing up on it, will break down their wall of stones, all right? People will start with ridicule. Everybody's doing podcasts. You two are doing podcasts. You're with your terrible accent. You have H factor. Strong. Strong. You're doing podcasts in Canada. Your podcast will not fly in the village of your village. And you're Chinese in Canada with your strong accent. Welcome to my podcast, Chanel. Chanel. You're saying Chanel? <laughs> Praise God. This is a serious message. Come on, Peter, get serious. All right. All right, say you, you are doing podcast. Everybody's doing Insta Live. You are doing Insta Live. And you see only two people will join. You are doing, it will start with jest and ridicule. All right, because there is greatness in your destiny. And you are sure God told me to do this. You do the first one. Nobody is live. Nobody joins you. And you are just there talk, you are talking to the atmosphere. <laughs> I shall have what I decree. Or you are just speaking. No, we are nobody. Hey, come on. Obedience comes sometimes. We'll make you play the part of the fool. 
obedience sometimes will make you play the part of the fool. Do not, do not pay attention to the voice of mockers. Do not pay attention to the voice of ridicule. All right, there is a destiny on your life. And in its right season, it will blossom. In the mighty name of Jesus. Nehemiah chapter 6, from verse 1 to 6. Let's read very quickly. Nehemiah chapter 6. Because I want us to pray this morning. It's going to be a prayer for maybe two minutes. But I want you to pray it intensely. All right. It says, now it happens when Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall. So they said, a fox can kick it. They said, your podcast, nobody will watch it. They said, your Instagram live, nobody will join. But people are joining now. Praise God. Five people have subscribed to your YouTube channel. Glory to God. All right. So things are taking off. I mean, it's not, we are not all that yet. It's not yet there. But it's something. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. The rest of our enemies heard that the wall had been rebuilt, and there were no bricks left in it. Though at the time, I had not hung the doors in the gate. So the job was still, you know, taking shape. That Sambalat and Geshem sent to me, saying, come, let us meet together. So there will be deceptive requests for collaboration. Beware. Beware. Let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. He said, but they thought to do harm to me. God will expose your, 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 your enemies. God will expose them. God will expose them. Every person out to destroy what is just taking shape. That, 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 that just wants to bring a voice of discouragement. So what are you doing? What are you doing? They've lied to you. You've, you've listened to your pastor again. Hmm? You know your pastor has mouth. He has charged you. You want to go and jump into the ditch. Say, no, I heard God. My, my, it sounded like the voice of my pastor, but I heard God. I know I heard God. I heard God. He spoke to me. This is the will of the Father. By the leading of the Spirit, I found it in the Word. This is God. I sought the multitude of counselors. This is God. I'm taking a bold step in faith. Taking a bold step in faith. Glory to God. So I sent messengers to same, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Glory to God. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? He says, I cannot condescend to your level. I cannot condescend to your level. And that's how champions do. Did you hear me? Pardon my French. That's how champions roll. You are not coming down. You are staying above. In the mighty name of Jesus. Know whose opinion matters. The opinion of opposition. Beware. The second one. The opinion of experts. The opinion of experts. The opinion of experts. Especially for those of us who have expert training. I trained as a medical doctor. Sometimes I'm, I'm listening to testimonies. Especially way back when I was still in med school. All right, I'm, I'm listening to a testimony. And there are people around me, they are basically looking at me. I say, okay, doc, explain that to us. And I just told myself, well, I won't make myself a verifier of God's power. I won't always think it's true. I know the pathophysiology. That's why if your pastor is a doctor, pray for him. Pray for him. If not, you might not see the inner anointing flow. That you need to get yourself out of the way. You need to pack all of your microbiology all of your pharmacology, all of your immunology, all of your endocrinology, and all your logies, and your surgical, and your medical, and your psychotherapeutical training, and know that there is a God that heals all manners of diseases. Jesus never took history. When did the pain start? When did the bleeding start? Is the, is the documenters, those who documented that told us how long the issue was. Jesus said, how long? Where did it start from? Is it worse in the morning? Is it worse in the night? Is it virus? Can we take a swab? Can we send it to the lab? He healed all their diseases. And it is my prayer, someone under the sound of my voice, that that limiting pattern of scientific explanation, the Lord will spring you above it. And through your hands, you will see healings in the nations. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, the voice of experts. Faith can never be done. It has never been done before. Who do you think you are? It has never been done before. When did you start preaching? It has never been done before. Go and sit down. It has never been done before. Experts. And we tend to want to listen to experts because they've earned their right to an opinion. However, their opinion is still not the one that matters. It is not the opinion of God. Glory to God. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. Elijah replied, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. The one whose opinion really matters. The one whose word really counts. The one who is truth. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A seer of the finest flour will sell for a shekel two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Precise prophecy. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning. The one that the king received direction. The counselor, the minister, the, 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 the experts, the ones who are the PhDs. All right, just as we are in a recession now and all the experts are forecasting and saying all sorts. Glory to God for their wisdom, for their brilliance, for their knowledge. But guess what? They are not God. Did you hear me? No man can forecast how your life will turn out in 2020. The only one who has the final say, has said that it is your year of shining and that is what you must hold on to. In the name of Jesus. The expert said, no, 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 pastor. Stay in your lane. Just stay in the lane of the, of the Bible and your church. This is our field. You know, we have this, this model, right? It's not even human. It's not machine learning, right? We have some mad neural systems and this is the prediction it's 100 percent accurate over the years we've never get strong we've never get strong right we've never get strong just look even if the lord should open the floodgates of heavens could this happen and elisha said you will see it nice answered elisha but you will not eat any of it hmm. 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 opinion of experts let me tell you as powerful as valid as well-trained as they are, the opinion of your doctor, we celebrate doctors, the opinion of your experts, we celebrate them, we thank God for their wisdom. However, the opinion that matters is the opinion of God. Glory to God. One more opinion you must be aware of. The, 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 I was trying to frame this, and the Lord said, they are, this opinion group is not intended, it doesn't have any malicious intent. It is often done, you know, sincerely, but ignorantly. And the devil uses it as, 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 as a wing to rise on for the destruction of destinies. It is the opinion of someone who has a voice over your life. And they make a statement in carelessness. The opinion of a parent who says, you, my child, you used to be brilliant. But sometimes, you know, something casual. Just said ignorant. Parents, parents, listening to me, you must covenant with God. That the words that will come out from your mouth towards your children will be words of blessings. Do you hear that? All right. When they are misbehaving and they need to hear something else, say, this blessed child, come here. You, this brilliant child, come here. You, this inventor, come here. You, this innovator, come here. You, this, you, this, you, this whiz kid. Hello? W-H-I-Z. Praise God. You, this, you, this, you, this, you, this, you, this brilliant child, come here. All right, you speak words of blessings even when you don't feel like it, even when they don't look like it. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. A mother, in a circumstance of pain, gave a child a name and almost truncated the destiny of that child. 
But that child said, no, 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 I am taking the limits off. I am taking the limits off. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers because the limits had been taken. His mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. I bore him in sorrow. She didn't know she was labeling his destiny. She just thought, well, I'm just placing a legacy on my experience. All right? And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Somebody here this morning, we are going to call on the God of Israel saying, we won't limit you. We won't grieve you. We won't restrain you. We won't provoke you. We will allow you have your way. We will align with your plan and your purpose for our lives. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you will bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. He says, God granted him what he requested. God will grant you your request this morning. Hey, come on, say it like you believe it. I said, God will grant you your request this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Genesis 35. Let's read verse 16 to 18. Genesis 35. This is not malicious opinion. It's just innocently but ignorantly said. And the enemy takes it and rides upon it. The enemy takes it and rides upon it. The words of our mouth, even the words of your own mouth, or the words of anyone around you, says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yes. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Glory to God. Genesis 35, 16. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor, difficult labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor, in severe pains, that the midwife said to her, do not fear, you will have this son also. Verse 18, he says, and so it was, as her soul was parting, he says, for she died. All right, the last thing she did, knowing that she, was, she had had a son, that she called his name Ben-Oni, but the father called him Ben-Jamin. Ben-Oni, the child of my sorrow, the child of my pain. That will have been the name. But God said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You are giving birth to a child of destiny. These are going to be the tribes. These are going to be, these are going to be the tribes. There will be no tribe of sorrow. You don't, you don't understand. I know you are innocent. I know you are just trying to preserve your pain. But the father arose and said, no, 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 no. His name shall be called Benjamin. This is the son of authority. This is the son of my right hand. It is my prayer that any and every negative pronouncement that has worked against your destiny, the Lord is turning it around for good in the name of Jesus. Come on, say better. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. The number three thing. And then we'll continue from here next week by God's grace. I'm sure you've been blessed. The number three thing, don't forget, number one, number one is see yourself the way God sees you. Number two, know whose opinion really matters. Not the opinion of your attackers or your haters or your opposition. Not the opinion of experts. Not even the opinion of ignorant, you know, unmalicious stakeholders in our lives. But they just release those words. And number three, number three. Number three thing that you will do to take the limits off. Listen, this is very important. If you've not been paying attention, please, you need to pay attention here. Deploy the word of God as a weapon that is more powerful than the power of positive thinking and positive confession. I'm going to say that again. Deploy the word of God as a weapon. Deploy the word as a weapon that is backed by power. Now, the best way to understand this, the best way to understand this, the best way to understand this 
the best way to understand this. And once upon a time, I think it was in the 19, before the 1940s, um, for those of you who study the history of money, for those of you who study the history of money, when money was still money, it was backed by something of value. All right, when money was money. All right, so if I gave you $100 notes, you were sure that there was $100 worth of something somewhere, something precious, something really valuable, when money was money. All right, but those of you who understand when our world changed and when money started being backed by, guess what? Nothing. Some of you are just hearing this for the first time. So we don't have money in the world anymore. As we know it, what you have is currency. Currency is something out of nothing. All right? It's paper. Someone is like, wow, mind blown. All right? So just once upon a time, the note in your hand was backed by something valuable, by gold. It was gold-backed. And then the gold standard was removed sometime. All right? And now what we have is what we call fiat currency. Fiat currency. In the same way, listen to me, listen to me, child of God, listen to me. It might look the same. $100 bill fiat, $100 bill backed by gold. They might have the same color. In fact, the, 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 the currency that is backed by nothing might look newer. It might look fresher. The one that is backed by something might look antique. It might look old. It might be torn. The power of it is not what its paper is. The power of it is what is backing it up. Are you with me this morning? All right, because many people think that they can break limiting patterns by embracing motivation and embracing positive thinking and positive confession. So you see people rise up in the morning and say, today is going to be a good day. Today is going to be a good day. I receive ideas from the universe. The universe sends me ideas from the mother powers. I receive inspiration. There is peace in my heart. All right, they're making confessions, but that's fiat confession because it might work and it might serve you, but in the day of adversity, when push comes to shove, you will discover it is backed by nothing, or at best, it is backed by demons. All right, but there's something else. Glory to God. I'm not, we might sound alike. That's it. So when sometimes, child of God, someone is saying what they are doing is motivation, you must understand where they are coming from. They are assuming that what you are saying is backed by nothing. But you know that every word I'm speaking, it's not just words, but it is power. For the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When I say I'm the head, I'm not just inspiring myself. I, am, I have found myself in scripture. Where it is written concerning me that I am the head and not the tail. Alright, when I'm reading statistics, I'm reading statistics about parenting. I'm reading statistics about, you know, demographics of populations. Instead of it to inform my expectation, no, I am getting up and I'm making decrees and confessions, not backed by nothing, but backed by the word of God. Are you getting this here? The word of God is powerful. It might sound at some point like positive confession, but it is backed by something. You might feel that pain and you say, I am healed. I am healed. That is what the word of God says. I am healed. That is what is. This is not you trying to feel better. This is not you trying to think the pain away. You are insisting on the word. I am healed. I am healed. 
that cancer is not there. It is not real. I might feel it, but it's not there. That diabetes is not there. I might feel it, all right, but I am healed. The glucometer might still say there's a high blood sugar, but I believe that I am healed. Those symptoms might, might still be there. There might be low days. Days I feel low, but I know I am healed. The oil of joy and the oil of gladness replaces that garment of evidence. There's no room for depression anymore, all right? And you are insisting on God's word. You are speaking on behalf of your business, the work of your hands. Ah, that the job might have gone away, but my destiny is still secured in God. My shining is still guaranteed. You, we are standing on the word, not, not positive confession alone. It's backed by nothing. The word is backed by the word. It's backed by the integrity of the offer. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. He says it is the sword of the spirit. It is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. We speak it as, as a tool, as a weapon. We use it, we wield it against the, 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 the attacks of the enemy. When, when words of condemnation, when those limiting thoughts, patterns come, it's not you, not you, not you. You say, well, I am not qualified. But he has chosen me, he's loved me, he's predestined me, he's glorified me with his son. He didn't just leave me there, I am in Christ, together with him. I am seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, all right? And I begin to address my mind, and I begin to load my mind with the word of God. Listen to me, I am not naive enough to think all of the battlefield is in the mind, all right? But I am aware enough to know that that is where it begins. And then we deal with the mind, knowing fully well that there are personalities also. And that's what we will do in the last Sunday. We'll deal with the places our hands cannot touch. Where the hand of the Almighty will personally take, take, take the hand of the enemy away. In the mighty name of Jesus. The word of God is powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. We'll stop here and then we'll pray. Thank you. It says, for the word of the Lord is living and active and full of power, making operative energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, all right, the places that psych therapists try to get to when they're asking questions about the circumstances of your birth, questions about your parents, how did they raise you? Were you shown love? Did you feel deprived? And they start analyzing your, your subconscious, your ego, your shadow. And they are giving all those kind of names. Yes, they are. Thank God for that wisdom. All right? But it says the word of God can get there. I don't know if someone is getting this this morning. The word of God can get there. The word of God can get there. Exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of their glory to God. I said glory to God. Wherever you are this morning, just raise your hands to heaven and say, Father, thank you for your word. You have sent your word because these limits have expired. They can't stay. Your word has come. Power has come. Power has come. Power has come. It can't stay anymore. Those limits are broken. Those restraining forces are broken. In the mighty name of Jesus. Just 30 more seconds. Thank him for the word. Thank him for the word. Father, thank you. Thank you because we are made free. 
those limiting patterns that have held us bound, those dreams that we've had funny interpretations, we've heard this is what it means and we have accepted the verdict of demons, we've accepted the interpretation of the devil and we've limited our life to such. Father, thank you because we are breaking free in the name of Jesus. All of your children under the sound of my voice, I command breaking free from every power that has held you down, from every thought that has limited you, from every imagination that has exalted itself, we cast it down and we bring it into captivity. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, 30 more seconds, glorify him. The Father, thank you for victory. Thank you for victory. Thank you for the 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 victory. I am who he says I am. I am who he says I am. Only his opinion matters. His word, his truth concerning me is true. All those limits are broken. All those limits are broken. Yes, I know he has called me. I have argued. I have fought it. All right. But I am, I am bringing it out now. Glory to God. I want to pray with you this morning very quickly. There's some of you. This word has hit you in a different way. I am saying the very things I never wanted to talk about. Now you are telling me God wants to use it for his glory. And you agree, the devil has used it as a weapon against you. He's used it as a tool of shame, as a tool of embarrassment. God is saying, hold on, the game, the game has changed. Those same things, he's using them for his glory. That same message that you are not proud of, he's saying, I want to reach your world with it and through it. I'll pray for you that the wisdom to navigate this, 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 this destiny, this destiny sensitive moment that God will give to you. God will give to you. There's someone else under the sound of my voice. You're saying, all through my life up until this moment, I have felt worthless. I have felt worthless. Everything you've done, the source of your motivation, people think you're hardworking. They think you're motivated. The truth is, you've been doing all of this to impress a parent. You have your family now. Maybe you even have kids. But your dad just never felt like you were supposed to be his son or you were supposed to be his daughter. You, you, you never felt you were worthy of that name. Even though you're, you're married, maybe your name has changed if you're a lady or if you're a guy, you're in your own home now and you're still living under the shadow of those expectations. You've not become your own man. You've not become your own woman. Your destiny has been at the mercy of the approval for so long. I have seen pastor for the very first time in my life. I feel free. I feel like I never even needed to impress them anyways. There's healing for you in the room. There's healing for you in the room. And the last group I'll pray for, you're saying, well, I don't even know this Jesus. I don't know this God you're talking about. I know there are limits in my life. I want them broken. Yes, before they are broken, you have to come into his family. You have to know what his word says about you. If his word is going to be if the realities of his word are going to be true about you, then you need to be a part of his family. And there's that conviction in your heart. You say, pray for me, pastor. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with your sons and your daughters. Order the sound of my voice. I've received your word. And they acknowledge their sin, their deficiencies. They acknowledge that you died for them. You took their place. You were buried. On the third day, you rose again. You're alive today. And you are supplying them with your spirit, empowering them to please you. Thank you because their names are written in the book of life and they are now a part of your family. Thank you for your son or your daughter specifically. 
has lived under the shadow of that weight, that expectation, that approval set by a parent, by a friend, by a clique, by a society, by an economy, and it has limited them. They have money, but they are still poor just because they are not keeping up with the Joneses. They, 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 there's just so much pain deep down, buried. Your word breaks, navigates. I pray for healing in those hearts. For as many who have hidden their scars for so long, the courage to stand up and to raise that banner, that testimony, say to the glory of the name of God, I am standing and there's hope for the world. Thank you for this army you are raising. They will bring you glory. It will be obvious that it is you. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, wherever you are, jam your hands together and say, thank you, Jesus. Healings have taken place. Deliverances have taken place. Destinies have been set free this morning. I can't wait to hear your testimony. Glory to thank God. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at K-I-C-C-Canada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.